Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Behind the Timeline. I am Lindsay, and my brilliant co-host Scott is here with me tonight. Hi everyone. We it's, are... Uh, it's Friday, and I'm actually it, very excited about it. It is a great Friday. Yeah. It is I a great I think I'm just Friday. excited to talk about this movie. I am too. We've been really excited. This is one that we were both mm-hmm. really excited for, and that... Yeah. I think a lot of people don't really know this movie very well, and you and I both do. Yep. Which doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but um, we are here tonight, guys, to talk about the adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad. Yeah. And fun fact for you guys, uh, Lindsay has a new mic, so it's crisp and clear. And not like your old ones weren't, but like mm. we're all. <laughs> We're we're really firing on all cylinders tonight. It's gonna be it's gonna be a good it's gonna be a good episode. It is exciting. It is all the way pro over here. Yeah, and I you know what it is like. I was just I was really excited about this movie, like going into it just because like I loved this ride at Disneyland, yeah. but I also super hated this ride. Like I have the same relationship. With it. <laughs> yeah, like I very fondly remember. Go, the last time I was on this ride, I had to be 15 or 16. Um, and now, where were you? Florida or California? I was in California. Set the scene. I, okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm in California. I'm in Anaheim. Okay. Uh, the real Disneyland. Accurate, even though that hurts my feelings. Um, no, I, I, was, I, I was a Florida girl, but you're not wrong about that statement. I've been, I've been to Disney World, like, once. And I don't remember a whole lot of it, so... And I went to Disneyland, like, every summer when I was a kid. So, um, obviously, I have some loyalty to Anaheim. But, um, I, yeah, so, like, I, I, we were, like, 15. I was 15. My sister was 13. And my mom did that whole thing where it's like, you guys need a bond, and it's a ride, and have fun. And <laughs> sit whatever. together yeah, in the car. sit together. And I'm like, first of all, <laughs> no. Um but so like we did we sat in the car and I was pissed I was like dude I just want to go on this ride by myself like this is stupid <laughs> how old so, were you? I was like 15, 15. you told yeah, me this okay yeah. you're 15 and what's the age difference between you two? my sister's two years younger okay um and so I wanted to like stick it to my mom cause you remember how in it, I don't remember how much of the ride you remember all of it uh, okay, good. So every ounce of track A and track B, <laughs> yeah. and also the California one, guys. Trust me, I spent some time at Disney. I know everything Dude. about Mr. Toad's. Go on. Okay, you, have, you have my full attention, and I'm following you. Excellent. So you know how immediately <laughs> you turn right, you go through the fireplace, and you come back around, and you see the next person getting in the car. Yeah. Well, would you? Is this where you see the uh, the loading point, or where you almost collide with the other track? No. So when you're in the when you first get in the car, like, and the car take breaks away from the loading track. Mm-hmm. So you go through the fireplace, and then you make a 180, and you're facing the next person getting on the loading track. Yeah. And then you take a sharp 180 to the left, and then you never see him again. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I wanted to piss my mom off, and I just wanted to be funny with my sister. So I sat there, monotone, deadpan, just, oh, no, it's a fireplace. <laughs> Look out. Amanda, we're turning. <laughs> Such oh no, asshole. there's mom and dad. Bye. <laughs> and I just like, we just kept, you know, my sister was fucking dying. And by the end of it, I was laughing my ass off. My mom was not happy. She's like, this is the happiest goddamn place on earth. And even, like, 
You're you, had to, like you had to be a teenager during it. I did, dude. The stories I could tell you about the nonsense I got up to at Disneyland when I got into my teens. We should have an episode where we talk about the parks. I think we should too. I, I also like. I love. I love The Wind in the Willows, and I love Mr. Toad. And we're going to yeah. talk about the other half of this movie, guys, because the part that we like is yeah. 35 minutes long. But we're going to get True there story. in a second. But but one of the, like, I love this movie, and I really, really love the ride. It was one of my favorite things yeah. at Disney World growing up, because I grew up on the East Coast, so we right. were always in Florida. I spent a long time in California. I went to grad school in, like, right next to Anaheim. I lived in Santa Ana. So, oh, okay. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, like, yeah, I had a season pass. Like, I know Disneyland very yeah. well. Um, but I grew up at Disney World, like, once or twice a year. And, and so I know both sides of Mr. Toad's. But, God, I love that ride so, so much. My mom yeah. and I used to have the most fun. It was, like, it was definitely a thing that she and I bonded over that was special between mm-hmm. the two of us, which was really cool. And we loved Mr. Toad's. We loved the wind in the willows. And I am also most excited to kind of talk about the ride in this episode. Like that yeah. honestly is a big part of what I want to talk about. And I think we'll, we'll probably save most of it for the end. Cause there's a lot of really cool kind of, um, fun facts about the ride and the history of the ride and what's yeah. going on with it that I think we should spend some time on. And I have not read your notes, so I have oh no idea God. what your notes are about the ride or where you put this in, but I know that I have extensive thoughts about the ride for yeah. later in the episode. No, that's fine. I'm pretty sure I do, too. <laughs> I'm very like excited to talk about it. I think. It's, it's so fascinating, yeah. um, and it's one of the best things at Disney, and they, they took it down at one of the parks and not at the other. I think it's down in Florida, not California. Yeah, I'm pretty mixed, sure right? it's still there in, in Anaheim. In Anaheim, I think it's still there. Yeah, the original one, because mm-hmm. Anaheim's the first park, is still there. We're yeah. going to get there, but I do I do think this is the first movie that we've talked about that has really brought up the parks. We haven't otherwise kind of talked about the parks. And so, and it's also what Mr. Toad is known best for. A lot of people don't know the movie, but they know the ride. And I think that's really a fascinating legacy for this film to have, especially because this movie, this is the only movie from the wartime era that we're going to talk about, right? Mm -hmm. So let's like... Yeah, this, let me like, get into the time. Let's, let's set the let's scene the time, yeah. of where we are. Yeah, let's <clears throat> let's visit the timeline and talk about what <clears throat> this movie actually is. So the year is 1949. We are finally coming out of the 40s. World War II is long behind us, right? It's about four years back. Uh, again, there are a couple of films we skip. A lot of the war, World War II movies. Uh, most people, I guarantee, you, like haven't heard of them so i'm not even gonna mention them we're skipping the whole of that era except this movie this Mm -hmm. is the last movie of the wartime era technically exactly exactly um so south pacific opened on broadway and death of a salesman won the pulitzer prize that year but i think the most important thing that happened this in, in this year was that cable television debuted 1949 cable television debuted. I think that's wild. Crazy, isn't it? It's sooner than I thought. I know. I was thinking, when I read your note, I was like, that can't be right. That's so early. I know. It was, yeah, that was that that blew my mind. Um, you really think of it as being in the in the 50s, and it's, I think if it said 1950, it wouldn't surprise me. It's because it says 1949 that I'm like, what? Yeah. That can't and be right. <laughs> now that I'm thinking about it, and I'm thinking back to movies like Grease, and Christine and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, they did have 
TV. Like they did have cable TV and shit. That that right, makes like the, sense. Those Back to the future. Of the like, 50s. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And everybody thought that Martians came down in flying saucers and all that. So, yeah, like mm-hmm. okay. It tracks, but, right? Yeah. Well, I think of Mad Men. I think of mm, uh, okay. of little. What's her name? The daughter. Oh. What oh, is her name? I honestly like this fans. is a bad time to tell you, but I've never watched that show all the way through. I think that it would drive me back to smoking cigarettes. Sally Draper. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I knew it was like God Kenny help or Sally me. Or something. Does that show ever tell you it's okay to smoke, folks? Yeah, um, for real. No, the, the, it's it's really really good, but it's one of those shows. It's a little bit like binging The Handmaid's Tale. Like the first time I watched mm. it, I I never watched it really live. I binged like the first seven episode, uh, seven seasons. Right. And um, I really was in like a fucked up headspace after that. Like it was like I was living yeah. in Southern California, and my friends were like, "We're going to the beach. Come and hang out." I was like, "No, I'm watching Mad Men and smoking <laughs> cigarettes, and that's it." And like for for like a couple of weeks, and like I really came out of that in like a fucked up way. So I don't yeah. recommend binging Mad Men, but but it reminds yeah. me of Sally Draper, who watched a lot of TV and who was growing up in the uh, sort of mid fifties. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so, so she would have been right around when this was like the biggest thing. I think Sally would have been, like, born around this time. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, because she's, like, three or four or something when the show starts, which is around, I think, in the mid-50s. I don't know. I'm probably giving a bunch of, like, misinformation on Mad Men because I'm pulling it out of my ass. But anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> it's probably all of that was wrong. <laughs> That's fine. I, I have no frame of reference, so you're right. <laughs> Great. Um the Oscar winner this year in 49 was Hamlet. Yeah, it was Hamlet. Um, and sure. I don't... Yeah, I couldn't care less yeah all like, right fine how many whatever versions of hamlet are there like jesus so many um, and, and we'll continue to inform everybody here on on the oscar winners and sometimes it's going to be stupid. something that is like yeah sure whatever we're, yeah. we're going to talk about hamlet when we talk about the lion king i know um, yeah here's the thing that think, was crazy to me i've never heard of samson and delilah have you not no i haven't and that was the top grossing film of that year I've heard of it, and I can tell you absolutely nothing about it. Okay, cool. Um, but I have heard of it, and and yeah, Disney is hurting. They only made one point six million on this movie, and this yeah. movie is not one of Disney's best. Like you know, like I don't expect yeah. this to be a top grosser. No, this is, and again, it just goes back to that whole thing of like people don't remember this movie, or they think they remember it. And this is going to be what I kind of talk about throughout the majority of the episode, for like from my perspective. I remember this movie so differently. Same. I'm, yeah. Like. <laughs> well, so let's get to it. Let's get yeah. there then. So let's okay. get through the rest of, the rest of this is just, uh, where else it isn't, so it made absolutely no money. That surprises no one. It doesn't. Um, I know. That, like, that kind of sucks, man. I, well, and it's because it's a wartime film. So yeah. what we have to remember is, even though this came out in 49, four years after the end of the war, remember these movies are taking three or so years to create. So yeah. this film, for sure, would have gone in production during the war, I think. Oh, yeah, I, definitely. I assume. I'm not, I don't have that exact date, but I assume that this movie would have been in production during the war. Disney was making absolutely no money during mm-hmm. the war. So they, if we recall, before we took out our temp pads and skipped on through the wartime, we left off with Bambi at the end of the Golden Age, where Disney uh, yet again did not make their money back like mm-hmm. they were not making money in the golden age and things did not get better in the war and where they did get better is in 1950 in the first film of the silver age that we're going to talk about next in the timeline which is Cinderella and Cinderella saved the Walt Disney company by making mm-hmm. a fuck ton of money yeah it did 
But Mr. Toad and Ichabod had no such luck. So yeah. this one comes out between the Three Caballeros, which is one of maybe the more famous wartime films. Like the wartime yeah, is really. Yeah, I didn't really, know what that one was. <coughs> you've Excuse seen me. it at Disney World. Yeah. Um, in Epcot, there's a ride with the Three Caballeros. In fact. And we'll talk about this later, but the wartime films are overrepresented in the parks. It's insane. There's oh, so much yeah. wartime shit in the parks. I'm like, what? No one knows what these movies are, but they're they're all over the place in the parks. Mm-hmm. And so oh. we'll talk about it later. But it's a lot of stuff that that people recognize. And um, fun and fancy free is another one people mm-hmm. might recognize. But but this so, came out between, or sorry, maybe it didn't come out after Three Caballeros. Uh, I'm trying to think what the last one of that era was. I'm not sure. I'll look it up. But it came out right before Cinderella. Yeah. And was the last wartime film. I just, uh, actually, I think you're right. It was mm. right before... Melody Time and So Dear to My Heart came out. And So Dear to My Heart, I'm not yeah, really sure what it is. What but is. then it was Mr. Toad, then Cinderella. So it's okay. just a yeah. bunch of crap in the wartime era. And this is the movie before Cinderella is the takeaway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so before we continue you just said something um like overrepresentation, and it made me think of something I, so i had dinner with my mom last night mm-hmm. and she was talking to me about the just the podcast and stuff and then she wanted to let me know that we actually during the fantasia episode uh lindsay made a comment about how what if the um the ostriches were the like precursor design to Daisy Duck. Right. And I mistakenly said, no, she didn't appear until the 1970s. Um, I'm 100% wrong on that. Uh, My mother informed me because apparently she's smarter than me. I don't know. Go Scott's mom. I know. Um, (laughs) She she let me know that Daisy appeared in the 1950s. So she's been around for a very long time. Wait, if Daisy appeared in the 50s, then Fantasia came out before her. Yeah. I just was saying, like, my year note was wrong. Oh, Fantasia's still first, but Daisy didn't wait that long to come out. I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying you are probably right, and I was 100% wrong. Like usual. Um, Maybe. I don't know. Not if, well, not if, uh, if it wasn't based on Daisy, right? That was my takeaway from what you said. Yeah. I mean, it, it really could have been, now that I'm thinking about it, but... I don't yeah, know. We'd I'm have to look sure. up when Daisy Duck came around, but the yeah. ostriches were creepy. They were creepy. Regardless. <laughs> anyway, let's get to a good movie. This let's talk is, about this crazy about good shit. Movie. So here's what we need to kind of clarify about this movie, This, which is what we've kind of been alluding to here, is that like many of the wartime films, The Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad is divided into two stories. This is mm-hmm. not one movie. And that's kind of what I forgot about it, because clearly yeah. that's when I popped out the VHS, because I'm only interested in Mr. Toad. Mr. Toad, yeah. So what we have here is Miss The Adventures of Mr. Toad, and that is uh, the Wind in the Willows adaptation, which is probably what, if, what we're all familiar with, right? Is mm-hmm. what the ride is. The back half of this movie is Ichabod Crane, which also I think we're all familiar with, but my question about that is just like is it because of this movie that we're familiar with it or is it because it's like this old tale because this is this is the headless horseman guys yeah. this is what that is and it's it's fucking awful to be honest it's terrible except for the last two minutes i fucking it hated really it. is like yeah i the was last like what is this i have this a lot of worst. thoughts that i just was not i was not adult enough to pay attention to what was happening to uh the tale of sleepy hollow 
And I'm like, do we want to do this out of order and just get our synopsis of that out of the way since it's garbage and we're going to talk about Mr. Toad longer? I kind of feel like we awesome. should. Yeah. Since yeah, like, I feel like it was we just a free for all anyway. And I guarantee you most people did what you did and just popped the fucking VHS out right when Mr. Was, Toad ended. Yeah, because that's what we're all here for. Like, this was, this was fucking awful. Yeah. This was like I, so. so for, summarize this for us, Scott. What, yeah. is the, what is this back half of this movie? So, you all know it, right? Everyone knows the tale of the Headless Horseman. But what I think is one of the only cool things about this is the Disney adaptation is extremely uh, dedicated to the original source material. It is very accurate. Really? Like, it doesn't take many liberties. Essentially, so this whole thirsty gold digger bullshit is yeah, part of the original? It's, it's really there. That's what he was... He was always looking out for number one. Um, All right. Basically, the tale is Ichabod Crane who was a schoolmaster, was brought into a small town in Massachusetts? New York, which New York, honestly, as a New, New Englander, York, I thought was bullshit. I'm like, yeah. mm, is that right? I don't know, actually. I have no idea, but it seems yeah. to me that that's our story, and I might be making that up. It, I actually don't know. It feel, it I'm going to look it up like while you synopsize. Yeah. I'm going to look it up, because it specifically does say New York, and I, as a I mean, they're up the river. Like, they're right up the road through the forest from Terrytown. Shows them up the road of the Hudson. It specifically says New York in the animation. Yeah. God dang it, dude. That sucks. Any hoodles. He arrives in Sleepy Hollow. This dude is basically a walking scarecrow. Um, He is tall, Yeah, it's New York in the book. That's crazy. Sorry, go ahead. No, you're good. Just throwing it out there. Yeah, so New Englanders are uh, self-obsessed. Go on. Well, they can have Salem. That's whatever. Damn um, straight. Uh, yeah, so this tall, lanky, every everyone in town is looking at this dude, and they're either scared of him or uh, they're like just like, what the hell is this? But like all of them are made, they're not happy or enraptured to see him, right? Like no one is like positive about his arrival. And then we're at the same time we're introduced to Bron Bones, the Gaston of the film. But I use Gaston loosely because he's not, and the the narration even does a good job of telling you, he's not malicious. He just is a prankster, right? Like I he also just, have him as Gaston in all my notes. Yeah, so. that's so funny. Okay, good. Because he basically <laughs> is. And he is. 100% he's Gaston. But also, I want to point out that we're only saying it that way because we're millennials and our point of reference is Gaston. Gaston well, yeah. is this guy. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. This guy, Gaston is an asshole version of Bron Bones. Yeah, is that what his name is? God, good job. I took less detailed notes. Sorry, Bron, B-R-O-M. I took, to be honest with you, I took very little notes on this movie. Um, Anyway, the whole point of Wind in in the Wheels, the whole point of Sleepy Hollow is Ichabod Crane comes to Sleepy Hollow as the schoolmaster, but he's very poor. Uh, he is constantly looking for a way to get ahead, uh, as well as a free meal if he can. And then he is introduced to, I honestly feel like I have to say this, because if you watch this movie as an adult, it's the first thing you notice. The bustiest Disney cartoon I've ever freaking seen. Like, right up there with Jessica Rabbit. Yeah, 100%. And, and nameless and just sort of there. And like, yeah, well, I she has a name. Really Her name's Katrina Van Tassel. Sure, yeah. sure. You know what? 
you are officially responsible for all these obscure bullshit names that I'm not going to bother to learn because I just fine. am not. I Grimhilda or whatever. That's oh you. Oh my god, the queen. I'm not taking it. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I am just going to state this for now and in perpetuity. I am not responsible for these. I'm going to call it Dear Nala. Dear I'm going to call it fine. like I'm I don't just, have I'm the names down. One, yeah. I'm just going to state it now so that it's not a thing later. I just yeah. I'm not in charge of the names. Scott's in charge of names. That's so, fine. So this, could, this he, bitch. Yeah, he needs. <laughs> That's all I got. I hated her and everything about the story. Dude, yeah, he just, oh man, it, first of all, she's, she is such a tease. Like, yeah, I, I shudder to think what anybody reading this story in modern times would actually think of her because actually I don't say that because I don't really care too much about the story. This, okay. I'll get to it at the end of my description of this movie, but this rewatching this as an adult really kind of like took the air out of my balloon a little bit in my love for this legend. And I'll, I'll tell you why. And it's really the last two minutes of the movie. Anyway, Ichabod fought, meets Katrina. He's like, holy shit, I got to get in good with this girl. Um, her dad is crazy wealthy. Um, you know, uh, she's smoking hot. And I want to point out briefly, too, that, like, mm -hmm. he has been set up at this point to, like, before he meets her. Oh, to be a total ladies' man? Well, not just to be a ladies' man, but, like, to be a weird gold-digging dude. Like, it's this really strange thing where it's, like, it's because he's so hungry. Like, the story is... He, he makes no money as a teacher and yeah. relies on the kids' moms to, like, take him in and feed him every night. He has to, like, go out to, like, he relies on them to, like, hook him up with meals. Like, his motivation in this is, like, to have enough food to eat. And I'm yeah. like, this is a weird commentary on teacher salaries. And it also, kind of was. Like, even yeah. today. I'm like, he, he, like, the point is that he has a job. Like, that's the plot, is that yeah. he's there with, he has, like, gainful employment but and you would never know situation. that with the way he leaves or he lives. Like, dude, the first time we see yeah. him in bed, he's got a hole in his sock. He's he's just first of all, I didn't even describe the weirdest part about this. And it's that the entire portion of the film is narrated and voiced solely by Bing Crosby. And if you pay close enough attention, there are a couple times where Ichabod Crane's face, or like his just his head, just looks like Bing Crosby. Just looks like him. That's I, funny. Dude, I the whole time I was rewatching this, I was like, why the fuck was Bing Crosby the one that was selected to do this? It's and and yeah, and the setup for this on both sides, and we'll talk about it more at the start of the Mr. Toad episode, but it is like the open up a book. Right, mm-hmm. and somebody's yeah, narrating, and it's like, yeah, exactly, and it's this like English versus American juxtaposition is how they set the movie up. They're like, of the classic English tales, and we'll talk about that in a minute, and then they're like, and of the American ones, and Davey fascinatingly, Crockett, the Finn. ones they list, they do uh, Disney does all of them. Mm-hmm. So the books that they so they come in with the narrator saying, and what about the Americans? We have some great figures too who have great stories, and the ones they list off are Paul Bunyan. Pico's yep. Bill, Johnny Appleseed, Black Bart, Davy Crockett, Daniel Boone, and Ichabod Crane, all of whom are featured in Disney in some way or another. Some mm-hmm. are live action, some are, uh, many are appearances in the wartime films, where because they're split up like this. A lot of these wartime films are yeah. divided into two stories because they just didn't have the money to make 
one full film. Like it was more like back to Disney's days of doing yeah. shorts almost, but they were putting them out in theaters and these like two combined things. So I don't know. It was a wild time for Disney, but that that is yeah. Bing Crosby is the narrator, which I caught on to when they were doing the book bit of this. It just like it. It takes me out of it because he first of all the song that introduces Ichabod Crane it's literally titled Ichabod Crane mm -hmm. there there is no rhythm to this song so it's really hard to even be like okay like yeah this is a pretty good beat or whatever like it just it just sounds like he's talking and the quiet or the chorus in the back is singing whenever he's done talking it's it's just it's just weird it's just cheap. It's that's what it is. You know what I mean. Yeah. And I and to an extent, I almost give it a break, which again I think is becoming a theme with me. Like I need to, yeah. I need to be less forgiving. Sack up and hate <laughs> these movies. I know, right? Like it's just like, especially like these are the bad ones. Like what's gonna I happen know. when we get to the Renaissance? But I I give it a little bit of grace for being during the war. Like I get that they didn't have the yeah. movie the money to put together like a Cinderella, which they will do in a year from now, right? And great for them. But yeah, this is a this is a fucking disaster and. It doesn't sound good. I think I think everything in the front half of this movie sounds better. Yeah, and it definitely sounds way better. Yeah, and um, so we've got we've got Ichabod here, like desperate for a meal when he meets Katrina, which I'm actually seeing in my notes now. My note does say Ichabod falls in love with Katrina's inheritance. So yes. first of all, that, but second of all, I guess I did know her name you for a hot second. Name. It is yeah. in the notes. Yeah, I did know it for a minute, but. Um, yeah, yeah, so he goes he, through this, like, really slapsticky bullshit with Gaston, oh, yeah. right? Because Gaston wants to get with Katrina, but Ichabod wants to get with Katrina for her money. Right, but here's the... Yeah, and I'm glad you said that, because here's the important difference. Brom is actually in love with Katrina. Right. Not her money. He's, He's like in love with her. her. Yeah, he knows right. her. They're both from the town. He knows who she is. And you can kind of tell when the, they interact with each other, like, she's kind of got, like, a thing for him. But then, like, the pro we turn back into this issue where every guy that she walks past, she gives the, if you carry this for me, I might fuck you eyes. Mm -hmm. And it just, it's weird. It really <laughs> that is, is what just she does, weird. too. Yeah. It is just this whole scene of them, like, carrying her stuff and, like, literally tripping over themselves yeah. to... But then you're to right. To do chores it, for her. Yeah, exactly. It goes right into Ichabod going to her house while Brom is unloading the horse and it it it's very it's very Groucho Marx yeah, in the way is. that things happen like he'll swing the door open and he'll try to hit Ichabod but Ichabod will bend down right before it hits him and it'll bounce back and hit him in the face or uh, he opens the door and uh, Brom falls through the door or stuff like that like Ichabod just comes out looking like a fucking G and he really I, could not be any the wiser he didn't have anything to do with that it was just Brom's old ineptitudes and perfect timing from Ichabod I mean yeah and it's I couldn't even I wasn't even like following it that closely honestly it was just uh, like great this is happening like it was very Three Stooges it was so um, you know what it really was it was it was Disney short. It was Disney yeah. pre Snow White, which is what happened in the wartime. They mm -hmm. reverted. They lost all the progress they made during the Golden Age, and it was just Disney animated shorts on the big screen, slapped yeah. together and with a bunch of different stories to like continue having a theatrical presence during the war. And it's not good. 
No, it's just it's just like oh my god we're so, we've moved beyond this as an audience to be watching have, this kind like of slapstick point, yeah. bullshit is how I felt yeah it's just I like, feel like it's a huge well in the animation reverting between Mr. Toad and Ichabod the animation is so poor in Ichabod compared to Toad and a lot of it has I'm to so do with them trying to I thought I was being biased. No, it's <laughs> like a lot of it has to do with I think the background was supposed to just look like it was pictures from the book. Because part, huh. it, a lot of it is unfinished. There's no like part of the road just ends or it just goes into mm-hmm. white. Um, unless well, it's, it's the like back a big half of scene. the movie, right? Yeah. It's that they're running out of money. I mean, it makes sense. They put most of the money into Mr. Toad because it was yeah. it was the early part of the movie. Exactly. If the, they were Disney was having a super hard time. I really kind of feel bad for them. I know. And also, this is a dumpster fire, and it was it so was, bad. And yeah. it was like, honest to God, I'm looking at, I'm watching the movie, and I'm like, I paused it to see how much longer was left, which is never a good chance, and or a good uh, a good sign, and. There's like 10 minutes left and there's no Headless Horseman. And I'm like, the fuck is this story? What is going on? Yeah. So that's where, this is where we get into the actual like meat of the story. The majority of the, it's like what, 26 minutes long? If that. There is no story. Yeah. It's like 18 minutes of us just learning about Ichabod and watching him do stupid nonsense for like 10 or 15 minutes. 99% of it revolving around his next meal and literally like deep throating like a chicken leg and and just it comes out just nothing but the bone. Like Ichabod, I don't know. Which actually gets used later. Um, That same move gets used later in Sword in the Stone. Oh, okay. uh, Kane does it. The same animation? Yeah, he does it. This seems like a great opportunity to force the Flash into conversation. Maybe he's a speedster. Oh, he just has that he just has that many calories he's gotta burn every day. You oh, never fucking God. know. You never know. <laughs> Dude, he's so no, I'm not no, nope, no, nope, you're not no. baiting me. I'm not doing this. I'm not no. doing this with you right eventually. now. Eventually, eventually. You know what's really funny though is I have been Suicide Squad came out today. I was gonna theaters. say we should maybe think about I know you know that. I have been thinking about it, but yeah. I was my best friend Matt is a huge DC fan. He's a huge Batman fan, mm-hmm. and so uh, Comic Con was a couple weeks ago or Digital Con, Con or whatever. And for those of you who don't know me, I am a huge collector of Funko Pops. Um, and so a lot of the like very hard to get or the 2021 Funko Con exclusive pops were released to the public. Uh, yesterday and today and somehow I got a hold and I'm only bringing this up because you mentioned the Flash and he's in the DC universe Um, I I somehow got a hold of the White Lantern Sinestro Funko Pop what? I know I'm so excited for it it's one of the only three that I wanted but I just I was really stoked about it Um, but any hoodles you're not baiting me with Flash but we I think we should look into Suicide Squad I think we should look into Suicide Squad. I think I'm going to make it a podcast tradition to bait you with the Flash every episode and see what happens. Yeah. I'm currently wearing a t-shirt that says Central City Running Club. I shit oh you not. Oh, my God. Like, we are, we are going to talk about the Flash one day. Dude, we are. You know I'm when told, we're talking yeah. to talk about the Flash is when the movie comes out, but... Oh, fucking four years from now? Okay. I know. <laughs> maybe sooner. Hey, we could talk about it for season eight. Season seven was garbage. We can hope for better. You know what? I actually would be... I know be, you're not watching it. <laughs> I know we're, like, pausing right in the middle of this fucking 
And now we're talking about <laughs> yes. the flash and I'm fucking here yes. for this and I'm fucking yes. pissed. Yes, right. I did it. <laughs> but I am my my other best friend Sydney is a huge Flash fan. Uh, by the I way, I love the character. By the way, for the record, I do also watch and love the CW show in a way. But yeah, I haven't been. I watched it all this year. I'm like I binged well, the CW show. It has I'm not like a long term like stand of the Flash on CW. Well, but I love yeah. the character, the Flash. So, well, I, yeah, like I've loved the Flash since I was was a kid. Like my some it's of my favorite. Some of my favorite comics involved him. Flashpoint Paradox is literally one of the greatest animated D- DC movies ever made. I'm this is, by the way, how much right I now. care about Ichabod Crane. I am not, like, I don't care that we're talking about something completely different right now. I'd rather talk about Flash. But I, I have know. a comic in front of me right now. I can. It's in my line of sight, the Flashpoint comic. Oh, do you really? That's so fucking <laughs> yeah. good. Oh, my God, I know. it's so good. Um, but so, like, my best friend, Sydney, who, uh, fun fact for you guys, uh, designed our logo. Mm-hmm. Um she mad shout out to Sydney if you guys ever want some work done yeah. she does work on commission hit her up um and I may have her on here if we are really going to discuss the flash I have to have her on here she's a huge flash head um good it's the only thing I care about it so isn't don't even sit there and lie to me <laughs> no it's not but, but it's a lot of what I care about <laughs> yeah but like <laughs> damn it now I feel like we just to be fair to you guys the viewers you at home uh we really should. I'm yeah, gonna, we'll, I'm just, we'll bring it back. I'm gonna get back to this. Yeah, we're gonna bring so, it back. I guess I'll not try and bait us into that every episode because it worked. So anyway, it did really work. God damn it, dude. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, so, now that I've won, let's move on have. to uh, Sir Patrick Delaney Podmore, who appears with dude. less than five minutes left in the movie. <laughs> okay. First of all, I need you to understand that that was such a fire reference. <laughs> That I literally was like, I feel like I know this, but I have to look this up. And then when I looked it up, I was like, yep, fucking got it. Mm-hmm. For those of you who don't know, it's a Harry Potter reference. He's the guy that re- leads the Headless Hunt. And you would only know who he is if you read the books. Multiple times and we're paying attention. Bless, um, bless you. Thank you. Um, yeah, I, I agree that that is a super fire reference. Yeah, that was so and- legit. Yeah, I'm like, so he, so he show, this asshole shows up with five minutes left in the movie. So what happens is Ichabod does all of this ridiculous slapstick. And then, he, so then Gaston is all pissed about this, right? He's like, fuck you, Ichabod. Yeah. Like, I actually care about Katrina doing yes, it. Yes, Katrina. You got it. Yeah, okay. Solid. Um, <laughs> thank you. And uh, so he's super pissed. And what he, I, this was the only part of the movie that actually, like, was story and was good yeah. and I enjoyed. Was... Ichabod spills his salt, and then I and I guess this is the thing, right? That it's superstitious. You, you shouldn't shoulder. spill the salt, yeah. so you throw it over your shoulder, right? Mm-hmm. And so Gaston is like, Ichabod is totally superstitious. I'm gonna manipulate him, and I thought that was good. Like yeah. that actually was like, oh look, a thing that makes sense. Oh yeah, and, well, and if you pay attention to the, um, if you watch in the beginning when they're singing the Ichabod song, he is reading a book the whole time he's watch he's walking. But he narrowly avoids walking under a ladder, which is bad luck for people. But he also uses the handle of his umbrella to turn a black cat back around and go back under the house instead of walking in front of him. So we knew he was superstitious from the beginning of the story. Oh, that makes me like this even more. I know. It's actually a character thing that happened mm-hmm. in this story. There's so little, little anything happening in this story. That's really ex- exceptional yeah. for that. Good. So that so that made sense, right? And then Gaston is like, okay, so 
Um, I'm going to tell this scary story about the Headless Horseman because I'm going to scare the shit out of Ichabod and then I'm going to win Katrina back, right? Mm-hmm. And the party ends. They're at a party, I guess we should say, that they go from all yeah. the slapstick bullshit to a Halloween party. And this is where this is happening. And Ichabod leaves and when he's on his way back, the actual horseman shows up and fucking murders him. I so, don't know what else to say, but I'm so... so what here is going it is. on? Here's the issue. And this is where... Uh, Dude, I just... I don't get it. This really boiled my potatoes. I... I Boil have always... And stick them in a stew? I know. <laughs> potatoes. <laughs> um, Jesus Christ, dude. We are like all over the place in this episode. I'm so here for it. We're going to um, zero it in because remember, we have all of Mr. Know, Toad to talk Mr. about. Toad. This yeah. is going to be a long episode, so we should try and wrap it up on, on this. Yeah. But we have a lot um, to say about the worst part of all the Disney movies we're going to review. I know. but Well, so here's the here's the thing that really took the wind out of my sails. Um, I have always, since I was a little kid, believed that the horseman was real. Like, in the story, right? Like, the horseman was right. this spirit that arose. He was a Revolutionary War mercenary who was killed on the field of battle but refused to die. Um, in, like, tr- in like, and he refused to go to hell. Um, he had had a, he had been decapitated for, like, war crimes or something like that. I can't remember what the whole story is. Um, but, anyway, he was this, like, vengeful spirit that rode through Sleepy Hollow uh, on, like clear nights and supposedly you could hear him but he couldn't pass the bridge because it was holy ground okay so that's in, not explained in the movie I know that's the problem in the movie it is very very strongly implied that it's just Brom okay talk to me about that because so, I wondered this too and but it's like I don't know I mean it just seems like Ichabod like legit dies but then I guess the and the pumpkin is smashed, but does the that mean it? Like smashed. all we see is like Ichabod gets scared and he runs away, and then he goes over the bridge, and then it's like the pumpkin smashed and he's disappeared. And that bit is kind of creepy and scary, and I liked it. But so yeah, that um, and I'll get to that in a second here. Did um, Gaston do this? This yes. is all just a so big catfishing the, bullshit. The book. I don't like that. And they even talk about it in the movie like a little bit, but it's very strongly implied that it's just Brom pretending to be the Horseman. Which I have to give a mad shout out to the animators who animated the horseman because he looks phenomenal. Yeah, he is where the our, whole budget dude, for this half of the movie went. Every, the whole, all of it, every all the dime. money went to yeah, every, every single dime. penny. He looks so good, um, and the whole chase through the forest that everything looks it, it looks so good with him. But at the very end of the movie. Bing Crosby regales us with this theory that most people in Sleepy Hollow believed he left for a Massachusetts town where he married some woman that fed him all the time and he was he led a happy life. That tracks. And that he just got scared and never returned to town because he's like, fuck this, dude. Like, there's headless horsemen running around. Like, you know he's superstitious. He's obviously going to take that shit super seriously. Um... But the last comment that Bing Crosby makes is that the horseman spirited Ichabod away. So a small part of it, you're like kind of led to believe like the the horseman took him. Mm -hmm. But we know that that can't be true because Ichabod was on the other side of the bridge. And the horseman can't get over there. So we think that it was Gaston 
and then all Gaston did was scare him mm-hmm. and not go past the bridge because ostensibly that's what he, he can't do that, right? And right. Ichabod believes it and is genuinely so scared that yeah, he dips. He no one ever sees him again. He dips out. Yeah, that is also a question that I had coming out of this. But I don't like it. Like I want. Yeah. I want it to be the actual Headless Horseman because it's I mean. scarier like, if it's just like, yeah, oh, and Loki, this exists and it showed up and and it fucking murdered Ichabod out of exactly. nowhere. Like, that's scarier. That's <laughs> why I fun. loved this as a kid. I was like, yeah. dude, this is so cool. Like, this headless dude is like legit coming out right after this guy talked about it. Um, but that's that was actually my biggest giveaway was that this isn't this can't be the real Headless Horseman because it's this he shows up the same exact night that Braum was talking about him. When no one else in the town has mentioned it literally ever, and it's never come up until just now. Yeah. It just, there's too many things that point to it being Brom and not having been a real spirit. I mean, it makes sense that that's Brom's whole plan, right? That he's yeah, not just like, exactly. I'll scare because Ichabod they, tonight going home and then get a Katrina. Like, exactly, because we see them get town. married. They get married. He and, he and Katrina get oh, married. shit. Maybe that's what, I, I guess that that is the thing that makes the most sense, but it mm-hmm. bums me out. Well, yeah, me too. Big time. I, I don't know. I anyway. I guess yeah. that's. I guess that's this story. Do we have anything else to say about it? No. I just. I feel like it is worth noting, and I was going to bring this up um, it, later on when we talk about like the villains or whatever. But mm-hmm. technically, no. None of the vil- Neither of the two villains in either of these stories die. So it's yet again another film. By the, uh, we have not been able to fully discuss a villain death since Snow White. Because no villains, actually, more villains have lived, or gotten away, or not existed, than died, or just not existed. The whole yeah, thing. yeah, just not been a thing. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you, Scott. I have a feeling that this might be an interesting Disney misnomer trope, similar to Dead Parents, that we're gonna have to wait till the Renaissance. I know. I, I don't feel think like that this is. is gonna happen in the Silver Age all that much, and and we'll see. But I'm looking at the timeline, yeah. and honest to God, I think you're gonna get better villain deaths like oh like yeah when the I mean Star Wars comes up before oh, we get fuck fucking yes, Disney deal villain deaths I'm so excited Star Wars um, is not that far away I, no I it think, really isn't compared to like everything else that we're going to be discussing yeah. I think a lot of this stuff um really comes out of the renaissance yeah but I'm really glad that it's a category that we're going to continue talking about because I think it's worth going back to and seeing what's going on with it because mm-hmm. Disney villains are so iconic and I think there's a whole different conversation to have on the other side of the Renaissance. So I think it'll be interesting yeah. to talk about this in the lead up to, and then the other side of the Renaissance, because villains now and Disney are very different. So exactly. Well, and that's what I was going to say. So just like Chernabog from Fantasia, even to this day, parents will still call into Disney complaining about how terrifying the headless horseman is. Like, he still legitimately gives kids nightmares. He is right up there with greats like Count Frollo and the Horned King. In terms of, like, like, pure, holy shit, dude, that's some scary-ass crap. But here's my question. Who are these kids who are making it all the way to the end of this movie? I know, <laughs> it's so right? fucking bad. How yeah, did they get there? Like, no how do they know about Mr. What, Toad? Dude, or how do they know about the Headless Horseman? No one <laughs> understands... The Bachelorette, Sleepy Hollow. Okay? That's exactly what this is. That, yeah. It, at the long and short of it is just... <laughs> fr- but it's from, Sleepy like, Hall. one guy's perspective. 
But it's, I just, I thought it was really cool. I thought it was very much worth mentioning that even though this is probably, like, as people are, like, listening to this now, they're remembering, like, oh, shit, yeah, it was, really wasn't that great. Oh, yeah, that's the thing. That um, was at the end of the VHS. I remember now. Yeah. Like, oh, wait, yeah. I forgot. After the good movie. Actually, Scott, you and I might be the only people who, like, I, I don't know how many people are watching Mr. Toast. There might be a lot of people out there who are, who like, just what, don't the, like what the it, fuck which, are we even talking about? Who don't know yeah. that it exists. It's a wartime film. Yeah, that's true. I was I was with my friends tonight and I got a couple of blank faces before I came here. I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna do Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad, and they're like, of who? Oh my god! All <laughs> like right, well, people that... don't necessarily know about this. So, so that that's sucks. the back half of the movie, which is mm-hmm. the crappier half. So bringing it back up to the start of this movie, yep. which is so fucking great and one of my favorite things in Disney and I'm so stoked to talk about it. Like yep. the Adventures of Mr. Toad, the Wind in the Willows adaptation, you guys is awesome i love it so much um right off the bat it's narrated by basil rathbone who was captain blood like for those of you who don't know like famous pirate movies basil rathbone was the gentleman pirate Mm -hmm. from the the 40s and the 50s this dude was fire um and he just ha- he just has first of all he sounds like he wants to read this story and that was another comment i was going to make about bing crosby um, Bing Crosby narrates Sleepy Hollow like he's just doing this because he's getting paid. He mm-hmm. sounds like he doesn't care. Basil Rathbone sounds like he is so about this shit that this is the only thing he wants to do. Mm-hmm. And Because Mr. Toad is a fucking icon. It is. Like, and no, the character. He is, oh, like, the, the person of Mr. Toad. J. Thaddeus Toad. J. Thaddeus Toad. He is described by... Um, Basil Rathbone? Yes. Yeah. He is described by our boy Basil here as the most (laughs) fabulous character in English literature. Absolutely. And they do similarly to the start of the back half of the movie. Uh, They start with a comparison of other famous British characters in literature. So here's what they list off, and we'll see what we actually get in Disney, because this is a whole pile of Easter eggs on both sides of this movie. Robin Hood, King Arthur, Becky Sharp... Sherlock mm-hmm. Holmes, Oliver Twist. And correct gonna, me if I'm wrong, Becky Sharp is Pride and Prejudice, or is that Great Expectations? Vanity Fair. Oh my god, I was I was so right on. You were in the neighborhood, <laughs> and Becky Sharp is the only one of those characters not to feature in a Disney film. And in fact, all of the rest of them feature. It's not just this bullshit that the Americans got. Yeah, this isn't like some wartime package film bullshit. Mm-hmm. This is obviously Robin Hood, The Sword and the Stone, uh, Sherlock Holmes, they do with The Great Mouse Detective, and Oliver Twist, they do Which, with Oliver and Company. I'm it's glad you brought Disney that up. Movie. Fun fact this is like my favorite fun fact for this, by the way, of this entire movie. Uh, Basil Rathbone, the narrator of this entire film, the last thing he ever did was a cameo voice acting appearance as Sherlock in The Great Mouse Detective. That's awesome. Yeah, because yep. they have the live action, like, the, or not the live action. The, they ha- the they live right above him. Yeah, they live above the human ones, or the human ones live above them, whatever mm-hmm. it is, like the actual people. Anyway, we're all over the place. So, yep. I'm going to let you read this plot. I will read this plot. Um, let me get to it. All right. Just after the turn of the 20th century, we find ourselves beset by the mania and madness of one J. Thaddeus Toad, tempted at the slightest sentence of adventure 
Toad has worn his fortune to the bone, traipsing about the English countryside with mania after mania, causing countless damages and problems. When his friends step in to stop his madness, he is instead taken by a new thrill in the form of a motor car. But trouble follows the precocious Jay Thaddeus in his endeavor to secure the shiny new mania. A does it ever. Dude, yeah. Mr. Toad is the epitome of Hot Girl Summer. He is everything that it stands for to me. It is everything that I want in life is to be This dude just is living his best life. I don't understand why we don't have memes of him just living his best life. Why is he not on like shirts at Hot Topic? I don't get this. I don't either and everyone can go to at behind the timeline at go behind the timeline and uh and see our Mr. Toad memes oh will be going yeah. up because I made a bunch of them. <laughs> They're so and yeah, good. He, he is fucking incredible. Toad is just out there spending all this money, just putting everything out on the line. Just he doesn't give a fuck. He's just out there for the lols. Like uh-huh. he is just he is just he's just the best. I love him so much. But the setup to this is like is totally weird. It um, kind of is, right? Like. It's not even about him. We don't even... He's not even the first character we meet. No. No. We get all of his buddies, right? They introduce Mm -hmm. us to all of his friends. And I love the way they say this, that they say that, you know, Toad had a bunch of fair weather friends, of course, like any rich dude, right? Any extravagant rich guy. But he had three real friends. And and God, do we ever see them come through for him. I mean, they are just the fucking best. I have some thoughts on this that I think I'm going to have to, like go in an opposite direction as you thought here. I love but, these guys. Yeah. Like, I just think they're awesome. But when we they get... come up, we'll get there. Like, but there, I have some thought. It's only about one of them. And I want to see if you made a, never mind. Just like, we'll, I've read zero of your notes. So okay, yeah, good. I'm excited okay. to see what you think. I have no idea what you think about any of this. Cause we haven't talked about it. So, but we get, we get rat who incidentally looks a lot like the great mouse detective. He's With kind a of a proto yeah. mouse detective. He's kind of a stuffy proper guy. Yeah. And then we've got Badger, who is handling... He's, like, Mr. Toad's, like... Like, Mr. Toad gave Badger, like, the rights to his estate to, like, handle it. He's, like, the executor of his Mm -hmm. estate. And Badger has this, like, really atrocious Scottish accent that I'm honestly kind of offended by. But He really does. He looks like the Badger in Once Upon a Forest. Which I'm confused about. Oh, my God. Which is not a Disney movie. Nor is it a Don Bluth movie. That movie is, like, plucked from the multiverse. That I don't know where it came from. But it does not belong here. That's (laughs) such a great movie. But we're going to fucking talk about it. I'm pretty sure I put it on the timeline. I think you did. I'm pretty sure I did. But that's because what is that movie? So that's Badger. And then we get Toad, who kind of is like, that reminds me a lot of Flower. Um, You're talking about Mole? uh, Mole, sorry. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to make one reference. And I want to see if you can see this. Okay, I'm on the spot. Let's see. Mole, literally to me, is Bob Cratchit. Oh. I mean, obviously, I know who Bob Cratchit is, and I'm like, you mean Kermit? No, 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 no. Just Bob Cratchit, (laughs) the character. He just just reminds me of Bob Cratchit. He's just nice and small, and Mm -hmm. he just is like, he's just out there to have a good time with whoever he's with. He's all, he waves at Toad when they're in the, the courtroom. He like is just he's just a jolly happy go lucky guy. Oh, that's kind of a sweet observation about him. Yeah. I, I like Mole. I, I like all I of too, them. Yeah. They're just it's ridiculous. They're just like 
Badger's I, barely in it, by the way. I feel like we do need to mention that. Angus McBadger is barely in this movie. He's Angus only in, McBadger. Like, yeah. Garbage I thought his first name was Mac, because the way they pronounce his name is Mac Badger. They do. They like, do. Yeah, that's weird. I got it, because I know he's trying to be Scottish, mm-hmm. but... But there he is, and and so it's like they're his buddies, and they're and Badger's like the executor. But everyone else has this like really morbid fascination with Toad Hall, right? Toad Hall, by the way, human-sized building. Yep. Repeat, humans deliver mail to rat. Like they are just part of society. Like they just the live. judge is a human being later in the movie. Like the animals and the humans just coexist. Like it's one of the only Disney movies where that's like it's not the Brought odd up. weird thing. thing. Like in yeah. Pinocchio, it's just the thing. It's not like there's this one anthropomorphic animal. It's like, they're the size of regular animals. Right? Not mm-hmm. like Gideon and Honest John, who are like the size of oh, humans, yeah. but they're cats. Like, they're the Like, Toad lives is the size of a toad. He lives in a man-sized house. He sleeps in, in a, a man-sized, man-sized bed. bed. Yeah. Um, hashtag hot girl summer. Toad is fucking living it. It is Dude, so great. I love so it. Amazing. It's so weird, and they don't address it at all. It just is. Toad lives here, and and all his friends are really invested in sort of the state and the outcomes of Toad Hall. Like they, it's mm-hmm. not just that they care what happens to Toad. Like it seems like they care more about the estate. Like they're very concerned yeah. about the estate. Like do they live on the grounds? I don't get it. Well, he makes a comment about how every animal on the river was proud of Toad Hall. It gave them a sense of inclusion and, uh, you know, like they, they belonged kind of thing. That makes sense. I wonder, because I did not read the book for this one. I did Um, not either. So I wonder if it's explained there. It probably is where like Toad Hall is part, maybe it's part of what makes them like these animals part of the people community because Toad managed to like inherit this whole person sized house legally Mm -hmm. and like is like... (laughs) Except or they built the it. See, that's the thing. Or they built it, which know. was a whole other... <laughs> yeah, we don't even know why Thaddeus is wealthy. We don't know where his money comes from. We just know where it goes. Yeah, And it, that's yeah. how we're introduced to everybody. It goes into Mac Badger paying all these people back because the current mania that Toad is on... Which, actually, I want to pause real quick. The movie portrays the word mania as just a silly obsession, but if you actually pay attention to Toad, it genuinely feels like some kind of legitimate obsessive disorder. Uh-huh. And yeah. I just think it's it's crazy that they're so nonchalant about it. I mean, it was back in the 40s, so like mental health wasn't like a as big a thing as it is now, but... I just think it's really interesting that they just portray it as he goes crazy whenever he gets a new obsession. And in my head, I was like, I was rewatching this and I was just like, no, this seems like a legitimate mental thing for him, like a pro, like a tick. Oh yeah, you could totally diagnose Toad, like oh, he yeah. and and mania, as we would understand it today, is like it's sort of the the right way to describe what he's doing, but it is more of like an obsession. Like if we're really trying to describe what's happening on screen, it's like yeah. he, Toad is, I mean, he's a bigger G than Geppetto. He's a bigger party girl than anybody in Disney. Yeah. Like it, it's <laughs> like Toad is, is Ricky Bobby. He oh, is yeah. like, he just wants to go fast. He's just having a good time. 
and he does become really obsessed with the idea of like the motor car but the whole thing for toad is going fast it's not just Mm -hmm. like i get mania about the next thing although they do kind of describe that later about the prison escape but like mostly it's about going fast like toad shows up with a horse and cart he's got like a carriage and this horse but he rides on the horse's head like holding onto its ears because he's a toad and the carriage is just fucking like banging around behind them i don't even know why he has the carriage like just get the horse (laughs) the horse jumps hedges and the carriage like bumps through the hedge like yeah yeah, doesn't like goes straight through it or or into the into the the pond or whatever oh yeah they go underwater they go through the fucking greenhouse they are like the two best friends and I think this is now a good point to or time to point out the musical difference between Toad and Ichabod. Because the song is a banger. Dude, Merrily Merrily On My Way to Nowhere is literally one of the best Disney songs ever written. It is, and I, it is again the epitome of Hot Girl Summer. Like this so is what is. it means to live for only that which brings you joy. It's merrily on our way to nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I love the way that it sings all of the counties in England and stuff. Yep. Um and I didn't really catch that you know that they list off like all of them and it, it was incredible it was such a banger i love this yeah, song like I, all the money went into the front half of this movie it was it so really worth did. it thank god they toad deserved more than 35 minutes and i'm actually glad that he didn't get it because i think that the wild out of control pacing of this film is mm-hmm. what creates like the ride it's what creates like it just adds to like the feel of toad's ricky bobby need to go fast Mm -hmm. that just like this plot fucking hauls ass this is the fastest paced plot in all cinema (laughs) yeah there's no like moment to like like even appreciate like the scene or like what's going on or whatever like he right off the bat like when he shows up and, and mole and rat are trying to get him to stop and they stop him in the street um he is like you can just tell he has a problem staying still uh-huh. like he's jumping around Cyril he's talking he's very animated his hands are like going everywhere um, and then they're like we need to have a talk with you and he sits down on the the carriage bar and they're like you need to stop this and he at first thinks it's hilarious because he's like, dude, are you serious? Like, this is my career. Which, again, I don't understand. What he the fuck is your his, career? His yeah. career. He's, like, dead this serious. Is this is my career. <laughs> I'm like, who are you carrying around? Me? Like, what do you dude, mean? Yeah. You're, what do you clearly, mean? you don't even care about the fucking cart. Like, what it's are you a, referring it a gypsy to? Cart. Like, a gypsy. They do call it a gypsy cart. Yeah. That's not great. Yeah. Um. It's, it's yeah. And I'm like, yeah, and you guys made Stromboli, like, four years prior. So, well, two yeah, for two. It's, it's true. They, it's not <laughs> great. They, uh, but it's, I don't know. I just, I just, like, I want to go out, like, drinking with Toad. And I feel Dude. like it would for sure be the hangover. Like, I know that I would wake oh up God, with, like, yeah. missing fingers and not know what happened to me. Absolutely. Guaranteed. Well, and so that's. <laughs> That's the thing. Like, they try to get to they like they try to stop him, right? And so he's a he's taken off. He goes down the road, and he doesn't go that far because then we're introduced to the motor car. Motor car comes around the corner. Toad flips out. The cart they don't address it, but the carriage actually gets destroyed because does it? I didn't even notice that. Does it get trashed? Yeah. So when Cyril's running down the road and then they hear the car running. Toad makes him stop, but it run the carriage runs into them, 
and then the, they disappear behind this big cloud of dust. And then as it clears, you can see pieces of the cart all over the place, and they're sitting on the ground, and Toad's like, what the hell is that? And then he becomes obsessed with, he gets taken by a new mania, which is motor mania is what they call it. And so Rat motor and Mole mania. take this opportunity to more or less imprison him in his room. Um, and he gets this, he gets like a visual effect that I think we see a lot yeah. in Silver Age Disney, which is coming up. The glowy um, eyes. Yeah, and the the sort of hypnotized eyes, right? Yeah. A lot like Ka in Ka. the Jungle Book. Yeah, exactly. We start getting that kind of for the first time here, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and well, and that's the thing. Like his eyes stay like that. Um, they basically put him in his pajamas. That's when we find out he lives in a human sized bed, or he sleeps in a human sized bed. And then they lock him in his room, and then they throw water on him. Well, they throw water on him, so he kind of comes out of his stupor. And that's when he really, he's like, holy shit, dude, like, I'm locked in my room. I can't go anywhere. Um, and then, foolishly, this is what I, like, I don't get. If they know that Toad is this kind of person and he's got this kind of tendency to go out, like, overboard, why did they not think he would find some way out of that room? Because he does. He just ties his bed sheets up and climbs down the window. Like, no problem. And yeah. immediately. He doesn't even think about it. He's just like, cool. Like, he is just an unstoppable force of of good times. And he can't help it. And he wants that car. And where I think his... Where I start to criticize his friends is I'm like, look, I get that, like, you're the executor of the state, you know, Badger. And I get that... You guys don't want him to bankrupt himself, and that Toad Hall like means a lot to everybody. But mind your own business during mm -hmm. during this particular hot girl summer. If Toad wants to bankrupt himself, I say let him. I don't know. I think that yeah. I think everybody needs to mind their own damn business. I'm like, leave him alone if he wants to. He wants to buy that car. Cause look what ends up happening. If they just let him buy the car, it would have been fine. And instead, he goes out like a fucking madman. He immediately escapes from the house, like mm -hmm. you say. And proceeds to sell Toad Hall for a car, right? Yeah, That's his he, next move. He writes so, up a deed with what I can only describe as, like, one of the scummiest-looking drawn characters that Disney has ever done. Maybe that anyone's ever done. Yeah. Fucking Mr. Winky is his name, which I could yeah. have totally done without that name. But Everything about him. Yeah. The TVA can have all of it. He doesn't mm -hmm. need to be here. I don't like him. He's just got this huge tooth grin, uh, very, very tightly curled mustache, but he's as tall as Toad, or he's like, he's just as tall as the Weasels. And if we know anything from, you know, any other Disney movie, Weasels are always gang, gang members. Like they're, mm -hmm. they're not to be trusted or whatever. It's the mob, obviously. It's the mob, clearly. Yeah. Duh. He, I mean, that's even still now, like in Zootopia, right? Like, oh, that's yeah, that's Wesselton. true. Oh, no, Wesselton. he is Weaselton. Wesselton is, that's is frozen. frozen. It's right. Wesselton. It's Wesselton. Yeah. Um, God. All right. Anyway. <laughs> he, uh, so, well, that's the thing. The movie makes a huge leap, too. We don't find any of this out until after the fact. So he escapes from the room. Basil Rathbone is like, he would be willing to... Uh, Bargain, barter, buy, or... And then it spins in a a newspaper that shows Toad has been arrested for theft. 
And yeah, so like it's implied he stole the car. Yeah, yeah. Off, we don't even know. So it's implied because he stole pacing. a car. Because <laughs> yeah. we are hauling, you guys. We are moving through this We movie. don't even get this. But then we get it in a flashback when he goes to trial. And this is actually where I have a problem with his friends. Specifically with Rat. Mm-hmm. Rat does not actually feel like a good friend to Toad to me. He doesn't really seem to be all that concerned with Toad's innocence during the trial. Yeah. Or ensuring that he gets freed. I think Rat has, like, a little bit had it with Toad. Like, I think Rat is, like, the friend who's, like... It's just his love is just, like, slightly less unconditional. Like, Rat's, like, the first one in the friend group to bail. Like, he's he's just really over it. I think he's exasperated with Toad. Yeah. And while I get it, I also think it's like, you know, it's not your money, Rat. Like, Rat has, I think Rat has, like, a kind of the most unhealthy fixation on Toad Hall. I think Rat is in it for Toad Hall and he not Toad. He kind of is, yeah. But he also prays for Toad later, which I'm going to go ahead and call, like, prayer count number two in Disney, it I is. think. Because yep. I don't know if I'm counting uh, Pinocchio. No, because, yeah, it's prayer count number two. I think oh, that's yeah, because that's after, right. Okay, that's Snow White, he... Snow White says her prayers, but but mm-hmm. Geppetto prays to the wishing star. to the fairy and the wishing star, who turns yeah. out to be a thing. So I don't know if that counts. Sort of a, this is sort of prayer two and a half. But Rat does pray for Toad, and but I agree. I think he is like the least dedicated of of Toad's friends in some yeah. ways. I don't know, but like Badger's also kind of in, I don't know. They're all there for him in the end. Rat I mean, comes yeah, through. I'm not saying they're not there for him. Like they definitely are his friend. I just feel like Rat is the first one to like dip when shit gets like wild. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think what I really like about the friends is their like how hard they show up for him when he escapes yeah. from jail. Right. Well, okay, so I'm glad you said that because I do actually have I even wrote it as an update. Um, when he escapes from jail. So, all right, long story short. the He is taken to court. You find out that Winky actually lied uh, and tells the court that Toad tried to sell him a stolen car. When in reality, we know Cyril's story is true. Cyril um, being the horse. Cyril right? being the, the horse. We, his yeah, ho- his story he really is, did sell Toad Hall for the Yeah, car. he writes up a deed, and the whole thing was so that Winky could get the deed to Toad Hall. And right. we find out that Winky actually is the leader of the Weasel Gang. Of course he is. Yeah, yeah naturally. Because of course. Because yeah. naturally, yeah. Because exactly. he just looks like that. Yeah. Um. So Toad is arrested, right? Here's another weird time jump. It's the middle of the summer when Toad has his cart, and the next time we see him after court, it's Christmas. Mm-hmm. It's literally Christmas Day. How? He spent a lot of time. How, like, yeah, has he been in there the whole time? I mean, there's a whole, like, again, pacing. Like, who knows how much time went by just to get him into jail, you know? Like, realistically, yeah. that could have been a few months. And then well, the only place where I think that doesn't add up, because I'm fine with a time jump of, like, six months that puts him... Because mm-hmm. he's, like, repented. He's a new toad now, right? Once yeah. he's in prison, he's, like... And his cell is grim, and he's got one of those giant ball and chains. Like, toad yeah. is, like... Grand Theft Auto is a really serious crime on the river. Apparently, on the Animal dude. River. This like, is, like, yeah. the worst thing you can do, because toad's prison is fucking bad. It is. It is grim, so he doesn't even have a bed. I also point point that out. Like he doesn't even have a blanket to stay warm. Which no. if it's Christmas time and he's in a stone prison, 
dude's freezing to death. I don't. I'm pretty understand. sure he had yeah, a like, window to like bar someone outside. Like it is yeah. literally freezing. Like and it's a bed of straw in the corner. Like honestly, it's like Frodo had it better mm-hmm. when he got taken up to the tower. Like it was not good. It was yeah. it was not good for Toad and. He repents, and he's like a new toad in there. Like, I can buy that six months went by. What I don't yeah. buy from that timeline is that nobody noticed the weasels moving into Toad Hall or that it yeah. took the weasels six months to get to, to Toad get Hall. That's what toad I don't Hall, buy yeah. from the timeline. But but whatever, because I feel like that's the last thing we should nitpick about this fucking crazy movie. I don't well, know. It's like, it doesn't add up. Oh. It's not, I, I wouldn't call it nitpicking, but it does raise a really important question. After Toad goes to prison... What is McBadger doing? Is he just not staying in the house? Yeah, McBadger lived at Toad Hall, didn't he? he that's what I thought. I always assumed he lived at Toad Hall. I th- it's, see, well, it's, see, I kind of wondered whether they all lived at Toad Hall. They didn't because they, they were no really invested. Yeah, but they were yeah. like, I feel like they had stock in Toad Hall. Oh, I think, yeah, I think, I think it kind of implies that they all helped build it, and that's why it's like the pride of the animals that live on the river, but... I always took it as Mac Mac Badger lived in the house. So why did no one know that the weasels were there now? That's where I'm like, that's the only nitpicky thing. Like, I'm kind of like, that doesn't, that doesn't add up. No, it doesn't. But then it it actually goes right in the scene we're at actually goes right into another major question I have. Why did no one search Cyril before he visited Toad's cell? I mean, because he looks like a little old lady, right? Like, there's a gender thing happening there. That's the implication. Why else would Cyril have had to dress up like a woman? A little old lady. And why did Toad dress up like a little old lady? Like, there's definitely a comment there of, like, oh, they wouldn't ask him to... He wears a veil and lies and says he's Toad's grandmother, and Toad's dress is hidden in his his hand muff. He has, like, a muffler on his hands, or whatever it's called. Not a muffler. A muff. A muff. muff. (laughs) Whatever. I don't know. I only know what that's called because of the birdcage. I, I, all right, I don't know from that. <laughs> oh my god, that movie is so fucking great. But, anyway, yeah, but he has so, his I mean, outfit yeah, isn't there's... there, so they don't search him because she's he's a little old lady, right? They're like, Your yeah. grandmother's here, you get a visitor, and they ask zero questions. And they ask zero questions about the fact that his grandmother left with a, you know, a little old lady toad. Cool. See, that's the other thing. How did he get out? <laughs> yeah, no. Just it's, dressed it's like com- an old lady? Were they like, oh, fuck, we accidentally imprisoned an old lady. Our bad. Did Cyril stay behind and pretend to be Toad? Like, he just he's just out of prison, right? The next time we see him, he's wandering the streets. There's and like a Barty gets, Crouch Jr. reference in here somewhere, and I can't I know, quite get it, but it's like there. Like a swap? Yeah. Yeah, with the swap. Like, there's with the prison escape, and the Dementors can't see you, and they there's definitely detect, a Barty Crouch Jr. Toad, there. Yeah, he's, they're, a, <laughs> he's a penitent toad. I mean, that might be what it is. They might be in Azkaban, and maybe would, that's why I the prison cell that. is that heinous. Maybe yeah, that's what's that going makes, on. There's no chance of, like, reformation there. The Dementors just couldn't tell for whatever. I don't know. That it, it's, not a, it's not a perfect analogy, but there's for sure a Barty Crouch Jr. joke in there somewhere. Definitely. Uh, but this, so like he's he's walking around, right? He's got this little lady dress on. He's carrying uh, the ball and chain under the dress to make it look like he's got like a huge ass or whatever. I don't. It is his ass. He puts it on his ass to carry it out. Yeah, but not his, not like a pregnant belly, just a huge. Yeah, that could have. Like, I kind of feel like, like he okay. could have done it either way. But I, yeah, <laughs> he gets stopped by a police officer, and the police officer's like, "Oh, sorry, madam." And then the chain falls out. This dude, honestly, I laughed so hard. Like I laughed out loud at this scene. 
he the chain falls out from under his dress and the cop is still just like oh begging your pardon man but then the ball <laughs> falls out and then for no reason at all literally toad does not move the very next scene he is just falling down the stairs with the ball bouncing and him just like like down the stairs dude i was fucking lost i lost my mind (laughs) i was laughing so goddamn hard i almost pissed my panties like it was dude (laughs) and then like oh no this actually leads into another question he falls underwater right no sorry we're skipping a very very important scene where he steals a train Oh my god, he does because he yeah. is Ricky Bobby and it's fucking insane it's and it's like and then are the weasels also on a train? Like some I watched no, this the cops today were. and I'm like what the cops, right, right, right. Yeah, they all have guns. Um, and actually that's a really that's probably my favorite artistic scene in the movie is the even the midnight silhouette of the gunshots going off and then the sparks bouncing yeah. off of his train. It just looks so good. Very clearly, Disney only gave a shit about this movie. At I this time. do think that they cared a lot about The Wind and the Willows, and I think yeah. they cared. Well, I think I have notes on that later on. We'll get there. But, but yeah, I really liked that scene, too, with the escape. And then, and he does escape, and he ends up underwater, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. he goes on. And my note is, like, he's an amphibian. Yeah, that was my note, too. Like, they make Why it out is he like he problem? drowns. Yep. Yeah, I'm like, no, this is great. This is, like, the perfect option for Toad, who I think this is as good a time as any to point out. Toad is, like, Toad is drawn in this really kind of gross, like, pale pink yeah. sort of flesh color and not... Like green, like a toad, like yeah. a toad, like a. It's really unattractive. So I just needed to put that in there somewhere out into the universe. That toad. I'll be sure to write my letter to Disney, letting him know that my co-host was not attracted to Mr. Toad. Not in the least of all of those sexy Disney animals, I this am, one was the last. Yeah. Like, no, just more more affirmation about Robin Hood, who I can't wait to get to because <laughs> who didn't have a crush on Robin Hood? Because <laughs> I think the answer is no one. Let's all be honest. Oh my god. Um, and then Toad shows up at Rat's house, and they're having christmas and they're praying for toad and it was i was just like man you know these guys are like toad shows up and he's first of all this was the part that made me laugh out loud when they're like but toad aren't you afraid of the police like how did you escape what are you doing here and he's like the police i don't give a fuck about the police i'm mr toad hot girl summer whatever and then the, t- they the, knock on the, door. Like, oh, the police the police <laughs> <laughs> That was really, really funny. I I really laughed hard at that. No. And then he's like, you guys have to protect me. Like, please, Rat, like, help me. Because Rat clearly is in charge here, right? And Yeah, well, that was the other thing I was going to say. This is the other part where I was... That's the part in my notes that I updated. I was like, dude, I called that shit. Rat straight up refuses to help Toad. Like, yeah, full he does. stop. For he's a like, second, no, he does. dude, you have to go back to prison. Oh, because isn't it... It's Mac what? Badger's at the door. It's not the cops. That's and, right. And Mac Badger comes and tells them that he knows that Toad's innocent in prison. Yeah. And Rat apologizes. And Rat's like, that's I right. misjudged you. And I'm like, dude, that's such a shitty apology. What is this? Like some kind of YouTube shit? You're like, right, actually. That I think you're more right about that than I was. Because I was like, yeah, his friends still love him. They're totally here for this, even though he's such a hot mess. Well, yeah. He is. And, but <laughs> but it, you're right. They it kind totally of supports okay, your Rat's whole, over it. I know. Well, in with that it totally supports um your thing about rap being more interested in the toad hall 
Yeah. Because he is very not... I don't want to say he's not sincere in his apology, because he... It, you know, it's, it's his friend. He's very he, British he in his apology, though. Yeah. He? yeah. He's very like, I made a mistake. That shouldn't have happened. But not like, yeah. I'm sorry kind of thing. It's like, terribly sorry, old chap. Now about, about yeah, Toad about Hall. the house. Because then he, they're, they're just like, come on, we have to go get the house back. Yeah. And then... First so that's what McBadger shows up. He tells yeah. them, right, is that the weasels have moved in, that they have the deed, that Toad was framed. Yep. Um... And then it's Ocean's Four, and they're off to just, like, Dude. go. Like, they have a whole, like, let's break into Toad Hall. And this is what's astounding, folks, is there's, like, eight minutes left in this movie. Oh, like this, this bitch is 34 minutes long, I think. Like, mm-hmm. it's really no time. Yeah. Um, it's barely, I mean, it's less than an episode of The Flash. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm literally, I'm going to skate right past that. Um... They're, so when they are oceans foring their way into this like heist, this national treasure heist of getting the deed back because there's a treasure map on the back or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, God, that was a terrible joke. I'm really upset by that. Anyway, um, <laughs> there's a moment where they're rowing in the boat and there's a guard on the bridge, and he's carrying uh, he's carrying a flintlock rifle. Or, and uh, yeah, there's a lot of there's more guns in this than you think. There are a lot of guns in this movie, um, but he's also got like a little lamp flashlight thing, dude. Literally out of nowhere, Toad just goes, "I'll pop him off," and pulls a gun from I don't even know where. Because <laughs> he's a bigger G than Geppetto, dude. Is he is. He was straight up ready to commit murder. 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 And it's Tom like, doesn't bro, you're still on the run. I know, right? Well, I mean, we saw what his cell was like. It's not as though well, this is yeah. like. I honestly think he'd get off easier from murder than Grand Theft Auto in, in like this it. universe yeah, on the river. Shit. On the river here, Grand Theft Auto is the most serious thing you can do. So what does he have to lose at this point? He's going back to that cell. Oh, and kill this dude too. Fuck yeah, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> but like, <laughs> Toad. I think it just shows that Toad is like just an excitable person because he's like, I'll pop him off. And like, they're like, oh my God, no. And then he ends up, the gun goes off and they somehow leave zero ripples in the lake or the river or whatever as they hide in this little cave. And then it looks like the weasel is like, oh, okay, it must have been the wind. That sounded like a gunshot. Um, And he just goes about his life or whatever. They get into this like secret compartment room. Like it kind of looks like the f- the prototype for the evil queen's uh, escape hatch. <laughs> her secret river out of the yeah. Castle. Her secret river out of the castle. My biggest problem with this scene is everything looks like it's just part of the wall, right? Except for this golden doorbell <laughs> that is used to open the wall. And my fr- I think I even said it out loud. I'm like, who the fuck would design that? Like that. Why would you just make Toad. the secret but Yeah, that's true. Toad did. Toad <laughs> and his just wacky mania. Toad designed that. <laughs> what, was one of his manias escape rooms? I don't know. I'm, I'm sure that he just was having a good I'm sure it's just whatever Toad wants to do. That's yeah, the that's answer. Is when Toad has just whatever an he inclination, he just does it. I'm sure Toad, for the, yeah, Toad just does shit. Yeah. inexplicably and that's the point and I love it for him he just, just just does whatever and I'm sure that was the design of that room 
I, uh, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to agree with you on that one. So, Sorry, I was yawning. I wasn't trying to ignore you or whatever. Oh, you're fine. Um, um, so, so I really liked this scene. I really enjoyed this sequence where they have this like. I, I called it in my notes like the paper plane chase. Oh, that was so cool. Yeah. Right? They throw a paper... There's a paper plane involved and it's a big fight with the weasels. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, I don't honestly know exactly what was going on. It was crazy and hard it to was, follow, but it was like you kind of followed this paper airplane through the fight, which I thought was really fun. And it was just yeah. out there. It, it was reminded chaotic. me. <laughs> it reminded me of the early stages of the Great Muppet Caper when they're throwing the baseball diamond around the museum. But yeah. it turns into them playing baseball with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but here's like my one caveat to that scene. The very beginning of it, so it starts with them lowering Mole, which I still don't understand because why would you lower the heaviest fucking person down? Well, so Mole is just so. Yeah. He, like, if he gets caught, Mole's like, it's not the game one you over. want in a spot. Yeah, you really yeah. want. Yeah, it's over for you if Mole gets. Like, Mole should be the last person to go into yeah, the field, but okay. Exactly. Mole, does, Mole should be their guy in the chair. I don't know exactly. what he's even doing there. He's he their oracle. Be, he needs to be on comms. I don't know what he's even doing <laughs> on the mission with Oh, uh, you're down? Like, you're down? Toad, you're down? Oh, you're dog shit. Um, yeah, generally, but, <laughs> genuinely, he needs to be at home on the on the phone with the GPS or whatever like telling them what's going on where I'm they are in. like he, ne- he needs to be yeah not but, the one that they lower into yeah, the building they lower him down they're going super slow but then for no reason at all when he's like an inch away from Winky they just like fucking Thor hammers drop him onto Winky mm-hmm. which cool okay different yeah. strategy than I thought we were gonna use yeah I don't but it works whatever Winky is asleep <laughs> McBadger makes a comment about how they're all drunk and that's why they're all passed out, which I they thought was really are. interesting because there was no warning on this movie. There was a tobacco warning, um, which I'm like, sure, I guess so. Like a couple, like they smoke a pipe or something. At the start, there was the little top top left. I was going to say it before, had the tobacco warning, but we don't have anything for alcohol. And I wonder if we're ever going to get it because they describe it in this one as hitting the bottle. Hitting I don't think the they're bottle. ever going to give it to us. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that's ever going to be a thing that pops up. But I'm yeah, so like they're for it though because there's a lot of booze in these early movies. I know but the weasels are passed out, wasted. They're gone. Which this is another one of this is like a if you're familiar with the Christmas movie, The Polar Express. Mm-hmm. This is a uh, train on the lake scene. If you watch the scene in The Polar Express where the train is skating across the lake, it only has three passenger cars. However, right after that when they securely return to the train tracks, the train has, like, eight cars. But earlier in the movie, it only had four when he meets the hobo on the top of the train. You know this movie a lot better than I do. No, I know. I'm just... I'm setting it up for this part in... in, in, uh, Mr. Toad. I'm following you. The movie... So, Mr. Toad, there are weasels all over this house... But then, at other times, there's only, like, five of them chasing them. Right. And then it goes back to a room full of them. And then it's, like, four run at each other. And then, like, they... I shit you not, they throw, like, 20 knives at Toad when he catches it and starts throwing paper airplanes and shit. So that's basically what... That's where the paper airplane thing comes from. Yeah. He, uh... Mole gets the deed, and he's, he's booking it. He's running away. And somehow, Mole, he runs more into useful a, than we gave him credit for. I know. 
Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> we're just shitting all over them all, and I know, he's, we the one who accomplished he's the one who like, gets it. Yeah, he I starts everything off for them. Who, yeah, yikes! And it's a little bit of like a it's like a keep away thing for a second, right? They've got like an yeah. infinity gun like thing going on. Mole gets it first, and yeah, he pass it and on. Then they, it looks like they are forced to to retreat. Like, right, they go back into the secret wall or whatever. Uh-huh. And this is the part that I just thought was really weird. It's revealed that Toad has the deed. And then 30 seconds later, the movie's over. Oh, yeah. It's it's just it's just over. Like, we don't... It's by New well, Year's. The only thing we get in context is it's now New Year's. And Toad has a new mania of flying an airplane. Well, but it's like they have this like quick little narration where they're like, everyone is so stoked because Toad Hall's back and Toad's reformed and he's a new Toad and yeah. everybody's learned their lessons and now we live in Toad Hall and we're all happy. And then it like pans to Mr. Toad having bought a plane and he's out the window flying the plane, <laughs> like having the best time of his life and all the character development goes out the window because that's not what we're here for, folks. Nope. Like it's just, I'm like a fabulous and. He just never changed, you crazy bastard. He like, never learned a I, thing. I would hate it if he learned a lesson in this oh, movie. Oh, I know. I would hate yeah. that for him. I feel like everyone but him learned a lesson. Well, and that's the Go thing. Ahead. Like, we don't know what happens to Winky. We don't know. Here, here's, like, my number one issue with the end of this movie. His financial problems are not resolved. But everyone no, just no, seems no, to be okay. No, 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 not whatsoever. Yeah, they <laughs> if just, anything gets worse, he was incarcerated. Like, what happened? Like, he yeah, was in jail for a minute, too. It's not like it least. was... Yeah, minimum six months confirmed. Like, we... Well, probably at least, right? Depending on how long it took yeah. to get him in there. But, but yeah, like, I don't know. I don't know. But they seem to be stoked. They seem to feel like things are going better. I mean, maybe the thing is, we don't know that Mr. Toad ever worked. Like, that, yeah, that it, cart and horse was, it was his, his career. career. Yeah. Exactly. So something tells me that Mr. Toad is like maybe a little bit of like an heiress and maybe Mr. Mm-hmm. like Mr. Toad Sr. maybe is the one who had any of the money. And it's possible that like I can totally see this as being like he's the heir to whatever Mr. Toad Sr.'s like company was that was making money. And he doesn't work, but he still makes money from it. Yeah. But he doesn't even actually have to do anything. Do like Badger's anything. doing that's the work. He, like yeah, someone else is sitting Mac on Badger. the board. Yeah, McBadger's dealing with the whole bullshit. He doesn't do anything. So maybe the problem wasn't that there wasn't income. There was plenty of income without Toad contributing. But Toad was just spending it as fast as they were able to make it. Like, it seems to me that Bruce Wayne doesn't show up very often. You know what I mean? Yeah. But there's plenty of money. It's just if Batman spends it all the faster than he can make it, then they don't have a Batmobile. So, like, maybe yeah. it's just too many Batmobiles economics for Toad. Yeah, that's what, well, one of my notes said that. I was like, there's a lot of economics in this movie, like, there early is. on. Like, it's heavy in the econ. Yeah. But... I just love that he doesn't learn anything or change anything, and he's just like, no, I'm gonna buy a plane, fuck this. Like, I'm just, I, I just, I love him so much. He's the best, most carefree character ever. And the movie just ends with like, and Mr. Toad didn't learn anything, whoopsie, and, and merrily on our way to nowhere, fuck y'all, and the movie's over, and, and then they gone. go to Ichabod. Well, and, like, first of all, we see him destroy a famous statue in London he knocks it over yeah with the plane and then he's just like he's gone and we're supposed to be like ah ha ha that toad he's incorrigible 
but in our heads we're like, no, he really is. Like this dude's a badass. Like he doesn't give a shit. He's the best, and I feel like the moral of the story is like, Yas Queen, Live your don't life. change. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. It's just, just I, that's that is the shirt I want. That yeah. is the shirt I want. It's just a picture of Toad saying Yas Queen. Yeah, which I that's uh, I'll, I'll make it for us. I'll make Dude. the meme. <laughs> like Hell it's yeah. it's gonna be a thing. I he's just such a legend, and like my my real thoughts about Toad is like, look. I, I want everyone to mind their business and back off him and just like you know what you want Toad Hall r- fucking rat yeah. pay, buy it from Toad then because take you know it. what yeah. Mr. Toad went to prison he can take the consequences he is an adult like he is ready to accept the consequences for yeah. his actions if Mr. Toad wants to buy a plane I say fucking let him do it I just I just <sighs> love everything about him I think everyone should get off his ass I was <laughs> what about Mr. it's not like he was like oh no I can't go to prison oh I'm such a spoiled pretty little like Chuck Bass no no he went to prison <laughs> yeah he, he didn't try he didn't like put up a fight on or, the river yeah he, he like, wasn't like i can't do this like i'll never survive or whatever he just was like oh fuck no tears no mr toad took his consequences i did he there was no part of this movie that was him trying to evade consequence or responsibility for his actions he was 100 percent willing to take that on he just wants to go fast and i don't see why we shouldn't let him frankly no i, I, totally I think rat agree. can calm down well so i totally agree and i actually had this as a note earlier on in the in the movie um Toad is by far the most obtuse, but overall pure, joy, purely joyful character I think I've ever yeah. seen in, in in this era. Like all the mm-hmm. way up to the Renaissance, he mm-hmm. he seeks thrills and excitement for nothing other than enjoyment. It's not malice or personal gain or profit in any way. Right. Um. But with that becomes like his negligence, right? Like he's a master of overlooking the wake of destruction that he brings about him. But mm-hmm. not once is he like, oh, I didn't do that. If right. someone's like, dude, you did this. He's like, yeah, I did that. But this is what I was doing. He doesn't skirt it. He's like, <laughs> I don't want to say altruistic. Property damage. He's not, but yeah, he's not he, altruistic, but no. But he's he takes responsibility though. He's yeah. not trying to skate away from that. He's not trying to like shift blame or project the the blame. And apart from the property damage, which I think largely stands for laughs for the audience, similar to the slapstick yeah. in Ichabod. You know, like I don't even know how seriously we're supposed to take that in this movie. And apart from like what a couple hedges, there's a statue. You know, that was probably offensive and needed to be taken down anyway. Let's be real. And, like, you know, it's fine. It's like, who knows? Yeah. It's, just, it's just property damage. Like, he doesn't actually do anything to hurt anybody. Well, that's like, the thing. Like, he, yeah, he's not out to, like, cause pain or damage or anything. He is very obtuse to the damage he causes, but like to this to the distress that he causes his friends. Yeah. But honestly, it's like it all comes back around to that property. And I'm wondering. I'm wondering if there is something in the book about Toad Hall. Like, is there something... It feels like there's something from the source material that we're missing about Toad Hall that gives sort of stakes to Toad's friends yeah. to care so much about what, what Toad is doing and its impact on Toad Hall. Because that's what they're worried about, right? They're not like, Toad, we care about you. We don't want you to be bankrupt. They're like, we don't want you to lose Toad Hall because we have a vested interest in Toad Hall. And I I feel like we're missing something there. Yeah, because um, like... That would kind of put this together for us a little bit. Uh, when they're in the trial or when they're in the, the courtroom and Cyril reveals that uh, he traded Toad Hall 
Rat and McBadger like basically pass out. Yeah, they're just and like even the judge is like kidding me. Yeah, even the judge is like hundred thousand pounds. Hundred thousand pounds. Yeah, in the, during the war. Right? They're like, yeah. um, for the car. And Toad's like, yeah, fuck it. I want to go fast. I don't care about anything. Like, just whatever. Let the Lord of Chaos reign. Like, yeah. it's just, it's just it goes with it. And I love Toad so much. And anyway, I, moving on into kind of like, I think that's all we have to say about the plot of this movie, right? Yeah. Is Big it time. that Toad's the best? Mm-hmm. I fucking love everything about Mr. Toad, is my final note in the plot. So. Um, yeah, it is. I just saw that right now. Yeah, like there's, he's just he's just the best. So, um, let's talk about the ride a little bit because yes. Mr. Toad's ride is is as we said in the beginning, really the enduring legacy of this story and of the Wind in the Willows. And I think it is interesting that most people would assume or would like associate their memory of this movie or this story with the ride, not the movie. Like I say, I think there's people who maybe don't realize it's a movie. Because remember, yeah. there's Mr. Toad's is one of the original rides from Disneyland. Like, mm-hmm. the first ones to open, along with Pirates, along with Jungle Cruise. Which, incidentally, I thought was great. And not a better movie than the first Pirates movie, but a better ride adaptation. Like, I know. I thought I was... that movie lived and breathed the Jungle Cruise. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. But, I was just telling my girlfriend that you went and saw it. I was... I was going to see if she wanted to go see it, but now you maybe should. we'll go see Suicide Squad. It's also on Disney+. Plus, so yeah, I but I have to pay Squad's for that. I'm not sure. doing that nonsense. Uh, I pay 30 bucks at the theater on popcorn, no problem. Oh, uh, yeah, that's true. So happily get that at home. It's the best thing to come out of COVID. But I did yeah. actually go to the theater. That was my first movie back at the theater, and it was really fun just to be in something that, like, it really felt like the ride um so anyway recommendation for me on on that but mr toads was one of the original rides so i think it's easy Mm -hmm. to mix it up with maybe a ride that didn't have a movie because there's plenty of them that didn't have a movie in the original Mm -hmm. rides and and this is one of them also i do want to correct you on something do please um pirates of the caribbean was not an original release ride I thought it was. No, Pirates of the Caribbean was the last ride that Walt Disney himself began working on before he died. Was it original release in Florida? It might have been. That's probably what I'm thinking. Okay. Fair enough, though. Good correction, if that's not the case in California. I... Well, because the last ride that he personally opened was It's a Small World in 1965. Okay. And then, which... I'm not even going to get into that, but... So what are the original rides? The Carousel... Uh, the Dumbo spin, oh, yeah. uh, Casey Jones, uh, Mr. Toad, uh, Adventureland, but I think Adventureland just had the steamboat. I think the steamboat was part of the original thing, though, and, yeah. and like it's Huck's, Huck Finn's Island or yeah, something Huck wild. Finn's Island or something like that. And then Tomorrowland had uh, the cable cars and the World of Tomorrow, which is that huge dome. That I feel like most people don't go into. In Tomorrowland? Yeah. You're not. You sure you're not thinking about Epcot? No, no Epcot's the big. Kid. That's the big golf ball. I'm talking about Tomorrowland. Yeah. Uh, is it? I. Uh, it's right I next to, to um. Autopia. Oh, Autopia was another original. Autopia ride. Autopia was an original ride. Yeah, you're yeah. right. Um, but yeah, I think a lot of people. It's probably easy for a lot of people to not even remember that this was a movie because again, mm-hmm. like it's for what. 
honestly, you and I, I don't really know anybody else who knows this well. Like, I can't think of anyone off the top of my head who, when I was like, yeah, we're going to do an episode of Mr. Toad, was like, oh my god. Like, people are like, what? Yeah. Like, I, these wartime films are not well known, and you and I are pretty big nerds, so I kind of wonder, I'm like, give us feedback, guys, we'll have our email and socials at the end, let us know, are you, did you know what the hell Mr. Toad was, other than yeah. the ride, like, did you know this was a movie, or were you familiar with the Wind and Willows? I wonder, um, because it was one of the original rides, it could be easy to, to not realize that, but the ride itself really captures, like, this film, like, it's, it's a great ride for the movie, um, it it really captures the energy of it and the pacing of it. Mm -hmm. And it is wild and insane. And it's like, good, Toad gets his car, you know? Because that's something that we kind of don't even really see him get. Like, he kind of graduates to the plane. Like, he has a car for, like, one sweet second. So it's nice that he, like, in perpetuity gets to have this car Mm -hmm. at the parks forever that the character gets to have that joy. Oh, yeah. Well, and one of my favorite things about just a ride in general is there's a non-mobile car outside of the Anaheim one. Actually, going forward, just anytime we talk about Disney, I'm only ever going to be talking about Anaheim. And I'm 99% of the time going to be talking about Florida, unless okay, I specify otherwise. So I think we actually have a really well-rounded view of this. Good idea. Sounds good. I like that. That's good. Perfect. It's good. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, <laughs> uh, outside of the actual ride is one of the cars. It's right next to the um, the carousel. And, like, I don't know why, but I, I like, have... Disney's layout memorized. I haven't been there in like years. I mean, I also have that. I I get you. I, yeah. I understand your soul. I <laughs> Thank you. Finally, someone who can comprehend. Yeah, I also can picture. I mean, I know what you're talking about outside the one in Cali too. Like, I, yeah. I've spent enough time at that park. I know where you mean that. There's the the one that you can sit in. I mean, I think Splash Mountain has one too, where they have the, the. They did, but I don't think that one was for pictures. I think that was for testing if kids were big enough to ride on their own. Because oh, okay. Splash Mountain is one of the only rides without a seatbelt. Like even Mr. Toad, you have a seatbelt. Yeah, Splash Mountain is... We'll talk about that another time. There's so much wrong with it. But, um... So, incidentally, (laughs) it's, like, a good time to talk about, like, where are we in the timeline with rides? Like, what else have we talked about that has a presence in the park? Because we haven't really touched on that. And Snow White and Pinocchio both have rides that are really similar to Mr. Toad's. So, this is this whole darkroom ride concept. Mm -hmm. Um, Peter Pan also has one. Peter Pan might have been one of the original rides. Peter Pan's is actually one of my favorite. It might be my favorite in all of the Because it's a hanging ride. It's not a car ride. Yeah, and it's so beautiful, and they have all the, like, the bigotures. So we'll talk about that with Peter Pan, but... but so I Snow White and Pinocchio both have those rides. Yeah. Or, oh, Pinocchio does have a ride. Pinocchio does have, like, Geppetto's wild bullshit inside yeah. of one of these dark rides. I don't know what it is. <laughs> it is like a Geppetto ride, though, which I think is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because it's a Snow White has it's two, just through the movie. two rides. Yeah. She has, like, her... Right? Snow White has two. No, she has has... one. She just has the ride through basically the story of the movie. I swear that she's represented somewhere else, like with the dwarves or something. I would have sworn that I saw there's two. Well, Snow White is the most common princess to meet. I can tell you that. At least at Anaheim, she's the most popular princess to meet. 
If memory serves me correctly. You have to, like, you don't get to just randomly stumble across a princess anymore. You have to, like, go at princess time to where the princess is and stand in the line of other people. And it's just a nightmare. I miss when they would just show up. We we really had the best times as kids there. I agree. agree. Um, Fantasia has the Phantasmic Attraction, which is is way cooler than any ride. Yeah, Yeah, like, Fantasia really gets the hookup. Mm -hmm. So, Snow White, yes. Pinocchio, yes. Fantasia, yes. Dumbo, yes. Uh, obviously has his iconic um, the Dumbo flying thing, right? Um, Bambi is the only Golden Age movie with no presence at the Disney parks. Bambi's Butterfly House in Epcot is now closed, so he has absolutely fuck all. Yeah, there's nothing for Bambi. Um, But a lot of the wartime era stuff does. Yeah, well that's, that's the other thing I thought was weird. I'm pretty sure Bambi makes like a cameo appearance in another ride. That tracks. I wouldn't be surprised. And I'm trying to remember. I think it's... Oh, you know what it is? It's when you're walking... It's the walkthrough of Sleeping Beauty... Or Cinderella's Castle. You're right. When you're going up the stairs and you can see the little miniature animatronics. When it shows Uh Aurora in the woods. Uh One of the deer is actually... I'm almost positive. I'm pretty sure. Like One of the deer is almost Bambi. I'm 99% sure that you're correct about that. I I can, like, picture it. But in Florida, too, though. I'm picturing Florida. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure that in... Well, because it's Cinderella's castle is Florida. Sleeping Beauty's castle is in California. Yeah. um, In Cinderella's castle, I'm pretty sure there is a Bambi. But, I mean, like, sure, Bambi's... Bambi's all over the parks in terms of merchandise. Like, oh, yeah. you can buy yourself a flower stuffed animal, fucking believe me. Oh, yeah. But Bambi does not have a ride, and he's the only one of the Golden Age not to have one. And then a lot of the wartime films also have them in Frontierland, especially, is where you mm-hmm. see so much of this. Because so much of the wartime films were these, like, adaptations of, like, Johnny Appleseed. Like, yeah. Because they were these... Um, the package films is what they called them. These films that were were like this one where they have two stories and it's split mm-hmm. up and they do not intertwine. A lot of those package films have presence in the park and even Song of the South, which is a wartime film, which is not in anymore in the Disney kind of It will never catalog. be viewed by human eyes ever again. No, and nor should it and nor are we going to discuss it. Yeah. But it Splash Mountain is the Song of the South ride for fucking reasons, and this is why it's mm-hmm. going to become Princess and the Frog, and it is no coincidence that it's going to be Princess and the Frog, because they are going to overcorrect the shit out of that. So, yep. and and good, she should have her own ride, and we're going to talk about that movie and its problems later, but um, yeah, even Song of the South had its own ride in the Magic Kingdom, so a lot of the wartime stuff got its, its recognition, and of course when Disneyland was being designed, I mean, when did Disneyland open? Uh, 1961? Yeah? Is that a, is that a question? I'm guessing. 1955. Oh, I was way off. Damn. 55. So, that means that Disneyland was well in the works by the time this mm-hmm. movie came out in 49, you know, and by the time, like, it makes sense that, like, Cinderella is not really a presence in the park, right? She comes out in 1950, like, the Silver yeah. Age of the original rides. Um, the Silver Age didn't have as much of an impact but for sure we see the golden age and a lot of the wartime stuff showing up especially in the magic kingdom which was really what the park was remember this is just florida i mean that's still pretty much all sorry it was just california it's pretty much still all of what california is is the magic Mm -hmm. kingdom they don't have all like for those who haven't been there california is great but it doesn't have animal kingdom it doesn't have epcot it doesn't have any of the water parks it doesn't have um it's all it is is it's MGM and the Magic Kingdom. Yep. 
That's it. Um, and it's great. Don't get me wrong. It's great. But it's not this giant, massive, sprawling thing. So the Magic Kingdom is really all there was. And it makes sense that a lot of that is wartime era and golden age. And Bambi's the only one that doesn't get representation. And you know what? Fine. <laughs> I'm not going to lose sleep over this. Like, like, I literally have no comment with no. with Bambi not being in there. Because you're right. They, he might not have a ride or attraction-based presence. but Can you imagine what that would look like? God, no, I don't want to. I can't even. You know what I figured? Uh, you know I just what? figured it out. It, it actually, he's in Adventureland. It's the shooting range. Oh my god. Dude, I'm so funny. That's heinous. <laughs> also, the only thing that I want to add, because I forgot to say this in the Bambi review and I was really kicking myself, is that in, in Bambi 2, which we know is my favorite of the movies we've reviewed so far. Clearly. In Bambi 2, The Great Prince of the Forest is voiced by Sir Patrick motherfucking Stewart. Oh my god, dude. Why didn't you fucking start with I that? I forgot to mention I don't know how I forgot because I live for Patrick Stewart. Sir Patrick Stewart. Yeah. Um, however, if they were to give me a Bambi 2 ride that featured his vocals, I would sign up all day. That's all I'll say. If we oh could get a Bambi god. 2 ride narrated by Sir Patrick Stewart, Sir Patrick then, Stewart. then Bambi can join the parks. Sweet Jesus. <laughs> can you believe that? Like, I was like, this That's is a crazy. sound-alike, right? And I looked it up, and it's him, and I'm like, what the fuck? This is one of the best Disney sequels. What is happening? Oh my god. It's just mad respect all day to Bambi 2. No. Just, anyway. Um, I think we're coming to kind of the end of our thoughts on this. Um, yeah. What's, what's your rating, Scott? What do you want to keep? What do you want the TVA to take? TVA can take the entire Ichabod thing. Like, I just... Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm so disappointed because I remember seeing this movie all the time when I would go through, like, Blockbuster and Hollywood Video, which is a very old sentence. Mm -hmm. But It is. Hollywood Video is even older than Blockbuster. I know. <laughs> You're aging yourself. Yeah. Thank you. Um... <laughs> It just... <sighs> Mr. Toad is so good. Like, there is, there really is nothing wrong with the Mr. Toad portion of it. Like, it, it's just... It's a good movie. It's a fast-paced movie, but it was also meant to... It wasn't meant to be a feature film on its own. I know. Uh, the criminal. music is great. It's funny. It's got drama. It's got hilarious adult themes. Um... I gave I gave the movie a six out of ten. Oh, we're so similar. I yeah. wondered what you would. I had no idea. I have not given one look at your notes. I had no idea what you were going to rate this. <laughs> I gave it a six point five, yeah. and I said, "It's it's not one of the best movies." I also would have the TVA take the whole back half of this thing. Yep. So, except for maybe like the last minute and a half, last like I like the minutes. creepy part with yep. the headless horse. Like I could, I, but I don't know what that is. That's nothing, right? It's so. I gave it a six point five, but it is the absolute highest six point five I can give. Like I can't yeah. give it higher than that because it just doesn't deserve it. But Mister Toad carries this thing to the six point five big because time. He's fucking awesome. It's oh, just yeah. it is a wild ride. Like it is. It is a wild ride. That's that's the only way to describe this it movie. Is. Pacing's the, fucking insane. I don't care that it's only 35 minutes. It's like so much happens. And, yeah. You know, way more than any given episode of The Flash. And, uh, oh, my God. <laughs> it just doesn't end. It's just forever. So, but in terms of villains, I don't know why. I think my villain, I, I think I gave this rating, like, 
a while back when I watched this the first time. I gave it a 2 out of 10, but I think only because of the scariness of the Headless Horseman yeah. for the second and a half that he's in there for villains. Yeah, so I actually gave it a 0 out of 10 because just because... And I do actually want to change that. I I want to change it to at least a, a two point five out of ten. I feel like we keep changing our villains, and like we're just trying to get a hang of like what's our scale right now because yeah. we just it's been so weird and back and forth. Well, that's age. the problem. Yeah, we don't have like a lot of the movies we watch don't have like definitive villains mm-hmm. that we can really like latch onto. This one does. At least in in Mr. Toad, because again, you have to remember, Brom was not really a bad guy. No, he if was anything, ju- he yeah. was the, the victim. He of actually story. is kind of a victim of this because he does kind of get shit on, on the whole segment. But I I want to give it a two point five because Winky is at least a decent villain. Like he had the wherewithal to con Toad on the spot mm-hmm. and convincingly lied to an entire courtroom. And he's so slimy and creepy. Yeah. And the weasels, he has like this whole crew. Like he and I, you know, they're probably or maybe arrested, but we don't really know what happened to them. Yeah, so they kind and of that's like the there's thing. no villain death. Like, yeah, they're I it's an interesting theme we're seeing so far where a lot of these villains are not getting their comeuppance. Like Disney is not. Or they're using just straight up getting away. Yeah. Or and just succeeding. Just winning. Yeah. They're just winning. The headless horseman in this wins. So I mean, depending on how you interpret it, but it seems to me that the yeah. Swordsman wins, even if it is guessed on. Even if it is, yeah. <laughs> like, I just, which, I don't know what else to make. Again, I'm not going to be responsible for names. Yeah. I'm just going to make that the theme of this podcast. I don't know what anyone's called. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> but I'll, I'll bring it up. You you hold it down on obscure names. Yeah. I'll hold it down on obscure sequels. I'm down. Right. Yeah, it's a deal. But, um, but, but yeah, yeah. I, I'm with you. I think it's like they're... They're, they're satisfactorily kind of creepy and slimy in this movie, enough to get two points from me, but yeah. I'm interested to see both of our scores like unfairly skyrocket for oh, the I evil know. stepmother, because Dude. that's coming up next, and folks, we are going to have like an actual movie to talk about next, and I, I am so stoked it's to get into the Silver story. Age. And just so you guys are aware, because there are so many versions, we are going to talk about all of the Cinderella movies while we discuss it in the episode, but we are mainly discussing the one from 1950. The Disney original animated Mm -hmm. 1950 Cinderella movie with Gus Gus and the cat named Lucifer that never came up to anybody's religious parents until they realized... Um, but whatever. Lucifer. <laughs> Dude, yeah, wild. I. we are going to primarily focus on that, um, but we will be talking, I think, the next episode, we're going to talk a lot more about adaptation and context, mm-hmm. probably before we even talk about the plot of that movie, because there's yeah. Cinderella stories are so... I'm really excited to talk about that, and that's going to be the start of the Silver Age, which is the next thing we have coming mm-hmm. up. So that's going to be super exciting. We are going to start moving through these maybe a little more quickly we might bundle some of these silver age movies um as we go because some of them are a little more exciting than others but we're gonna be moving very quickly through this i think relatively quickly through the silver age but we're also going to start picking up on other properties as we get later into the timeline so look out for your star wars and whatever else is going on park yeah uh any dumpster fire trilogy that we can think of yeah. Alien. Really all of the good pop culture stuff. Yeah, I'm down to do Alien. Dude, I'm down go. to do... Yeah, just all of the good genre stuff. So if you guys have stuff that you want to see from us as we come up on the timeline, because 
we're coming into where other things than Disney start to exist in pop culture, um, let us know. You can reach us at Instagram at go behind the timeline. Um, you can email us at go behind the timeline at Gmail. We have Twitter, uh, Twitter. at behind the timeline. Yeah, at and behind timeline. Behind timeline at yeah. behind timeline for Twitter. We're gonna get better at this. I will have all of it out in the Instagram posts with all the with all the new social medias and the new mic. <laughs> so stick with us. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, you want to close us out? I think yeah, that's it. I think that's, that's oh, it. Oh, we should talk about next week. Briefly. I was actually just about to. Yeah. Um, so on top of doing these recaps of older older films and shows and books and stuff, um, we also do want want to do like current current television. So next Wednesday, the eleventh, starts Marvel's new What If show. So be on the lookout for us to be doing weekly reviews of each episode. We'll be discussing what happened. This will be a major spoiler. The episodes release on Wednesdays of every week. We'll be posting the episodes every Friday. Um, if something changes or the schedule gets like effed up or whatever, we'll post it on Twitter and let you guys know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, be on the lookout for that. If there is, um, if there is something you want us to review or there's something that you didn't agree with or something like you just flat out thought one of Lindsay's memes was funny or, <laughs> um, who am I kidding? They all are. Um, or I you just it. thought, uh, you know, my opinion of Bambi was spot on, which I don't know how anyone could disagree with me, but whatever. Any kind uh, of feedback you got. Yeah, just hit us up. Hit us up on the Twitter. Hit us up on the email. And we'll give you a shout out. If you, uh, one thing now that we do have social media up too, if you feel like you are an expert in a, something we're about to discuss, let us know. We will absolutely try to get you on here. Because mm-hmm. this whole podcast is about us teaching each other the entire world of pop culture. Like, I, it just, and I want to know. That's the thing. If there's something I don't know about, like, I don't know shit about Lord of the Rings. Lindsay does. So that's the only reason she's here. I know know everything (laughs) about Lord of the Rings. So we're going to do that. We're going to do Silmarillion. We are also going to be reviewing A Wheel of Time when it starts in November. So if you are Uh a Wheel of Time fan, we are stoked to join that community which is growing and is really exciting right now coming up on that release in November on Amazon so look out uh, for that as well there's a lot of really exciting stuff going on we're super stoked to cover all of this and uh, and look yep. out for what if next week because that's mm-hmm. going to be a really fun full spoiler review the next day and yep. we'll be keeping up with all this stuff as we go absolutely but We've taken up enough of your time. We hope you enjoyed it. We hope you didn't agree with something we said, and we hope you agreed with more than that. But until the next episode, guys, stay nerdy. See you guys.